Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, delighted to be with you today and to have with us our very special co-host, Carol Zernial. Carol, as many of you may know, is Executive Director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She's the past chair of the Board of Directors of the National Council on Aging, a member of RAISE, Family Caregiving Advisory Council, under the Federal Department of Health and Human Services, and is a Next Avenue Top 50 Influencer on Aging. Carol, good to see you. Hey, nice to see you, Ron. And we actually are seeing each other. We're not in the studio. We're experimenting with bringing these programs to you courtesy of Zoom, which has become the lifeline of so many people around the country. And it seems to be working pretty well. Usually we have 10 different devices hooked up to FaceTime, to talk, and a radio station app. I love it when technology comes together. We're going to welcome our special guest, Jennifer Walsh, who is with us because of the work she's been doing to help buy tablets for hospitals to give to COVID patients. She's got a a very powerful story to tell about her mom. Uh, Jennifer is a former reporter at the San Antonio Express News. And Carol, you'll enjoy this. She worked in the education department and her editor was Dan Calderon when uh, Ah, Dan was at the newspaper. Dan works uh, with Carol and with me heading up public relations. So it really has come full circle. Jennifer now works in the corporate world. and, And in reading your bio, I need you to explain what it is you do. Meanwhile, welcome. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so um, my day job is uh, I'm a direct account director with a company called FutureLine. And really, it's more of a heart-centered type of company. And in particular, I oversee our communications um, working with frontline workers. So this is any type of worker that is in a non-traditional office setting. So it can range from construction workers to healthcare workers to even retail workers and trying to reach them in a meaningful heart-centered way to help them perform better. And we see things like improved attrition rates or safety records and all types of of great things. So it's fulfilling work for me. I I love what we do and I love the impact that we make in people's lives because in some cases, particularly in industry and construction, it can save people's lives if they're aware of some of the safety risks and what they need to do. And then as a sideline, uh, you got involved in a project to try to provide tablets for COVID patients in hospitals. But it really began uh, because your mom was in the hospital. And I know it's emotional and and, uh, difficult, but tell us that story. My mother, Victoria Walsh, she had been battling cancer on and off for the past seven or eight years. And she lives in Georgia with my dad and she would come to Houston to seek medical care at MD Anderson. And COVID hit in March and her cancer, she was stage four. So it was in her bones and in her lymph nodes and was getting worse. And so she came back to MD Anderson to seek treatment. And she was scheduled for an appointment on a Monday, but we saw that she was having a hard time walking. So we took her to the ER and just to make sure that everything was okay. And they admitted her to the hospital. She got a COVID test and it happened pretty quickly where they took her in. And a month later, she 
died of COVID. We had no idea that when we dropped her off that day, it would be the last time that we would ever see her. She was admitted to get treatment for her cancer and she needed some advance. She was about a week away from being released. She was in the rehab portion of MD Anderson when she contracted COVID somehow. And it was about 20 days after she'd been there and she tested positive. And within hours of getting the test results, the doctors FaceTimed us and said, we've got to intubate her now. Say goodbye. So we said goodbye to my mom on FaceTime. It was like we had two or three minutes. And my father, I handed him the the iPad and I told him to go in the other room. And he had to say goodbye to his wife of 51 years. He took her to her high school prom and he had to say goodbye. I mean, it was traumatic. It was devastating. It was unexpected. You know, I was getting the house prepared with wheelchair ramps and hospital beds to be able to accommodate her and it didn't happen. It's really hard when when you're going through that and you can't see them and you don't really know what's going on. And so MD Anderson set up an iPad in her room that we could watch her 24-7 so that we could talk to her, we could see her at all times. And she actually came off the ventilator. I think it was about two days later. And so we were able to like talk to her again and she was improving, which is a long shot once you get on the vent, if you're going to get off again. And she did better. And so we were able to talk to her again. And then that's when the FaceTime really um, helped because we could see she was so tired and she was so exhausted that her window of being able to talk to us was pretty limited. And so we had somebody that was monitoring it at all times within our family. And when she was lucid and, and awake, we would talk to her. And then she took another turn for the worse. She didn't want to be ventilated again. And we spent the next five or six days just watching her on FaceTime until ultimately she passed away and we were all there and she could hear our voices in those final moments. Now, the amazing part to me is you've turned this into a positive, into a mission. So talk to us about that. And for those who just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Carol Zernel, is here. We're talking with Jennifer Walsh about an incredible story, the sadness of her mother passing. And we, of course, are so sorry for you and for your family and extend our condolences to you. But as a result of how valuable you saw that iPad, what did you decide to do? It was not long after my mom passed away. I think it might have been the same day. We decided it was such a valuable, when you can't be there in person, it was the next best thing. I had a friend who had an aunt who had COVID and they didn't have that same setup. And we were going through this at a very similar time. And I still remember a post of her on Facebook with her family and their arms were extended outside of the hospital and they were trying to pray over their loved one and they couldn't see her and they couldn't have that interaction. And it just broke my heart that other people couldn't have at least what we did because Even though it was a horrific experience, that was a light of connection that I can't imagine not having and not knowing what was going on in her final moments. And that's when we decided that no one should have to die alone and without family members, at least virtually being there. And so we started a GoFundMe to start raising money so that hospitals could have 
um, access to that technology and be able to benefit from that so that more families, especially not just through COVID, but this is long term, there might be somebody that's in an accident and you're far away or people are spread out a lot and you can't always get by the bedside in time. So we saw this as being something that could help a lot of people and, and as something good that could come out of a bad experience. Wow. Well, that's you amazing. Know, it is amazing. And, you know, what a, what a, what a, uh, um, I'm, I'm almost overwhelmed from the experience. Sorry. It's okay. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this is, this is where we are. And I think that you have, um, you know, kind of reflected what caregiving and what family has become during COVID. But the importance, you know, the importance of being able to communicate. And if you can't lay hands on somebody, if you can't hold from somebody to be able to pass on that experience where at least you have a connection. And I think one of the reasons I'm feeling a little overwhelmed is, you know, my my mother who has since passed, um, not of COVID, this has been several years ago, would tell you that your voice is the most important thing. She was very spiritual. She had a near-death experience years ago. And for her, she would say, you know, when somebody's in their final stages, sometimes it's disruptive. It's actually disruptive to have people there. But if they can hear your voice and you communicate that way, she said, that's easier for people, which I I didn't ask her why she thought that. But she was always very adamant that that was probably even the best. Well, Jennifer, the amazing thing is, and good for them, that MD Anderson set that up for you. Yeah. I mean, that is so special that they were kind enough uh, as a hospital to make that happen. And, you know, I, I looked at the healthcare workers and I mean, talk about overwhelmed. You know, every time they had to go into a room, they had to put on full PPE. And, you know, and it was hard because they have multiple patients that they're looking after. And when we were on the 24-7 FaceTime, as my mom you know, was deteriorating and and losing a bit of her mental capacity. The tubes that were in her nose and the mask that was providing her oxygen, she would rip them out. And one of the most excruciating things is she'd look right at the iPad and she'd like between gas, she'd be like, help me. And I'd call the nurse's station and say, hey, she pulled her tubes out and I don't know how long it actually was, but it felt like 10 minutes. It's probably only 60 seconds, you know, because they've got to get suited up and go in there. But I'm like, don't worry, mom, they're on their way. And just reassuring her as she's like drowning on land. She had so much fluid in her lungs. Right. She can't breathe because she's taking that out and she doesn't know. Or sometimes we could even stop her. And as we see her reach for it, we tell her, stop, you know, don't do that. And that's, I felt so much empathy for the caregivers. They have a lot going on. This is a disease that is still new and a lot that's unknown. And they're having to battle this day in and day out. And all of these patients, and I remember her nurse, his name was G. We follow each other on Instagram now. (laughs) But um, he was incredible. And he was there holding her hand in the final moments. And I will remember him forever. And just being there for her so that even though she heard our voices, that she felt somebody's hand in those final moments. And he will like forever be a part of us for doing that. We're going to come right back to you. And I appreciate you sharing all these incredible personal stories. It's hard not to cry with you. Let me tell you. (laughs) 
Thank you. This is Caregiver SOS on air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and a very powerful, very emotional story from Jennifer Walsh talking about her mom who had stage four cancer in the hospital in Houston at MD Anderson and comes down with COVID-19, uh, passes away in a very short period of time. And out of that, Jennifer and her family have launched a campaign to provide iPads uh, for hospitals so that patients can communicate 24-7 with their families. And that's exactly what we've been talking about. And if you've just joined us, I have to tell you, it's hard for us uh, not to cry right along with Jennifer as we, we tell this story. And Carol Zerniel, our co-host, what are your thoughts, Carol, when you hear this? Well, you know, it, it's twofold. One is, you've heard me say, Ron, for years, you don't ever want to leave anyone alone in the hospital. And here we are during COVID, where you can't be in the hospital. And so hearing you talk about observing her being there, her looking to you, even on an iPad, when the tubes came out, or, or being able to call the nurse's station, and to have that functional piece of being in the hospital with someone, that's amazing. And then to be able to at least have that emotional connection is just, it's a double importance. It's, it's double in importance to be able to do both of those functions, be there for the person to make sure they take care of the care piece. And then for you to have that emotional connection and particularly when someone is not going to recover. So Jennifer, you strike me as someone who's pretty goal oriented and uh, you have put together uh, this campaign, a GoFundMe account, trying to raise money to buy uh, iPads. What are you looking for? How many iPads are we talking about? And how's the campaign going? And of course, how can we help? Well, we had raised, uh, I believe it's about $8,000 so far. You know, we just are looking to give as many iPads as we can. And we've been talking to some hospitals to see, of course, you know, it can be complicated. We don't just want to donate a tablet and it not be functional. So how it integrates with their technology and is it going to be functional and are people going to be able to use it? So I'm trying to think of the the link to, to where people can donate, but I can always, you know, follow up with that. And people can even just Google Victoria Walsh and look and maybe with COVID and be able to find that link of where we are just really trying to make a difference and to help other people is really our, our main goal is so that, like I said before, trying to do something good out of something bad. And my mother was very, especially after she contracted cancer the first time, she really became more spiritual and she was really comfortable 
with her death and and the going to heaven and things like that. So I know that she would have wanted us to do something good. So is this in the San Antonio area? MD Anderson is obviously not in San Antonio. So I'm just wondering about the geography or where you're concentrating your efforts. Right now, it, it is in the Houston, the greater Houston area, since that's where she um she got her treatment, but you know, we're pretty open. If it went bigger, we would, I mean, you know, we would want to reach to other areas and some of the spots that we particularly want to focus on are hospitals and, and facilities that are more disadvantaged and really don't have the means to be able to provide those types of extra, um, amenities for lack of a better word, because, you know, some, some hospitals are, are just more um, blessed with funding than, than others. Well, what would you, I'm curious, you know, we hear so much in the media about, um, you know, the, the people that do think that COVID is a hoax, <laughs> that it doesn't exist. You know, what would you say to caregivers who are out there who really, you know, may not believe that this is something that really happens? I, I, <laughs> this was is probably one of my, you know, I don't pet peeve is probably a a nice way to put it, but you know, I, it's a punch in the gut when I hear people that don't want to wear a mask. When I hear people who compare it to the flu or dismiss it because it, my mother somehow or another must have contracted this in the hospital and MD Anderson is an incredible, incredible facility, one of the best in the world. And I know that they did their best to keep their patients safe, but somebody gave it to the, to somebody who gave it to my mom. And it could have happened at a grocery store where they were just an essential employee was trying to just pick up their groceries and somebody didn't have a mask and gave it to them. It could have happened in a number of different ways, wearing a mask or taking the proper precautions if you're a healthy person, great. I'm I'm so glad for you. And I hope that no one has to go through what my mother did. But I hope that people do this for other humans. Because not everybody is blessed with that kind of immune system. Not everybody um, can, everybody's body can, can fight the way that theirs can. And wearing a mask is about other people and helping other people. And maybe if more people had taken that seriously, I would have my mother here in my house right now. And she could have, yeah, she probably would have died of cancer, but she would have done it her way, the way she wanted and surrounded by her family and not in a hospital with somebody wearing a space suit holding her hand. It's not the way people... It's not a dignified way to die and nobody should have to do that. And if wearing a mask is too hard, stay home Just stay home because, you know, it's not about you. It's about other people and have some compassion for your fellow, you know, your next door neighbor or because that could be your mom. That could be your grandmother. And I don't wish this experience on anyone. Thank you. Thank you for, for, for sharing that perspective. I, I hope that um, people who are listening will take that uh, to heart and maybe think twice 
about what their personal freedom means versus the good of all of those who are around us. Right. Because it's not about personal freedom. It's about protecting others in society. Right. right. And it's Particularly not, those who are vulnerable. Right. It, it's about caring right. for our most vulnerable, but also our caregivers. Because if our caregivers are our nurses and our doctors, if, if they start going down and they start, then who's left to care for the sick? And it just has such a domino effect that it's a short-term sacrifice that I would make every single day if it meant, you know, for the next year, if it means that people will be able to return to their loved ones and that you don't have to lose your life, it's worth it. It's worth it to me. It's a minor inconvenience that has a major impact on people's lives. And whether you believe if the mask works or it doesn't work, what's the harm? I'm willing, you know, if in a year from now, research comes out and says, you know what, it really wasn't effective. Okay, I'm okay with that. I know that with the information we had at the time, that at least we tried everything that we could to to slow the spread, to stop the spread. Now you're talking about. Go ahead, Carol. No, I was just going to say I don't think I don't think the research is going to to show that the mask didn't work. I think you're in good hands in terms of that recommendation. Agree. (laughs) So you're talking about this uh, uh, here on our show, uh, and we'll have a podcast out of this show as well. Have you had uh, an opportunity to talk about this in other media, newspaper, radio, TV? Um. Yeah, the local newspaper here in where I live in in Baytown actually covered, um, covered it, but, uh, beyond, and actually before my mother died, KHOU in Houston, uh, did a, a story on the fact that my mother had contracted it in the, what we believe to be in the hospital. And, um, and just a little bit about the story, um, overall, like with, especially with my dad, you know, like I said, he took her to, her high school prom and they had uh, three kids and nine grandkids. And, and it's, you know, life for my dad will is still difficult. And, um, and he's struggling, especially in COVID because he's alone now and he had to go back to an empty house that they'd shared their life together. And now you know, he looks around and there's memories of her everywhere. And that grieving process when you have to be alone in COVID is just so much more difficult. Have you thought about having him come live with you? Yes, (laughs) absolutely. You know, but he's comfortable where he is. And it's uh, always tough. Yeah. And, you know, we went to visit him for Thanksgiving. I have, um, six kids all together and they, we all, all of us got COVID tests and we drove straight there to Georgia um, to be able to spend Thanksgiving, you know, his first major holiday without his wife. And um, it was hard. I brought her ashes with me. They, she'd been staying with me um, because he wasn't really prepared um, emotionally to be able to, to see that. And so I brought her and, and she sat, next to us at Thanksgiving. And it was really hard. It was, you know, it's the first time that we've been without her and, um, you know, it would have been so much better to have her in that seat. Even if it was a wheelchair, it would have been better. Of course. 
And as you think about this with your, uh, you have six kids, you said? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. One, one is an actress, your 10-year-old. What about the others? Um, actually, uh, my two stepdaughters, one is a nurse in Dallas. Uh, she's in Parkland. So she has also contracted COVID. It was actually before my mother did. And um, she had to, to, to battle that. And she contracted it at, at where she lives. So obviously we have an affinity for healthcare workers because we have one that works with that's in our family. Um, and then I have uh, one that's in law school in Montana. I have one that's a freshman at Lamar University. He's studying astrophysics. And I have two high school students and then my, my 10-year-old actress. Wow. <laughs> Who's wow. Also- that sounds like it's a well-rounded family. Wow. You, got, you have your bases covered there. A little yeah. art, a little science, medicine. <laughs> yeah. How did they deal with – how did they deal with your mom's loss? It – I, you know, I put them all in counseling afterwards because, um, you know, it was really their first experience with death and with somebody that they were particularly close with. Because my mother um, lived with us for a number of years while she was going through cancer treatment. So they were very close with her. And it's one thing to lose uh, someone that you, you love. It's another thing on top of that to lose them the way that that we did. I got to stop you right there. We are flat out of time, but you got the last word. And I, I really appreciate your sharing your story with us. Thank you, Jennifer. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Good luck. Take care. I'm Ron Aaron for our co-host, Carol Zernio. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS on air. Thanks for joining us on 930 AM. The answer. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org. 